my joy is her joy, is his joy, and our joy to share. Welcome back to Woo Woo in the Real World. We're so excited to be here with our guest today, Pam Hervey. Hey, Pam. How are you? Welcome, Pam. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. Yep, we are all old friends, so this is going to be a very chatty conversation. So <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> Pam and I, um, have been bandmates together. So that's how we—that's how we originally know each other. Actually, we originally know each other because this this very house that I'm sitting in, where we are zooming from, was the house that I bought from Pam and her husband. So funny, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think I recognize that wallpaper too. It's- <laughs> I know 20 years later and I have yes, changed it looks the wallpaper. Great. It still looks good. You can't go on with the good, grass cloth. Right. So adorable. Had good taste then. Good taste now. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, the three of us have collaborated on a couple of different things mm-hmm. fun at uh, Tammy's old shop, Kahlo. So lots yes. of good times together with music and um, music. So yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Got we us through in- COVID. Yes. It did. Tammy and I were just mm-hmm. talking about that, that, yeah. the, that the Friday before New York shut down anyway, mm-hmm. was the night that we did that. It was the virtual happy hour before that was a thing. Yeah. And we were all wondering whether we should be sitting in the same room together. So true. And we didn't, we didn't know anything. We didn't know. nothing. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's, um, it's been a crazy journey for all of us through all of that. And it actually kind of brings us perfectly to full circle today because Pam, you are also starting off on a new journey and yes. we're excited to talk to you about that as your um, health coaching has been coming into focus for you and you've been yes. really busy doing certifications for that. Um, but one of the things before we kind of get into all of that, cause we're going to get into everything about what you're doing right now. Um, but one of the things when we had talked about having you on the show, we had shared with you kind of our focus for this year, or mm-hmm. not this year, sorry, this season, this season, which is about stories and our stories, mm-hmm. because we think that really um, hearing each other's stories about our woo-woo experiences or our internal experiences of spirit and how we have been moving through them and how we have been navigating them, it's super helpful to hear from other people. Mm-hmm. and what their journeys look like and the contours of it. It's not going to be the same for each person, but we can all learn a lot from each other. And right. you and I have had so many conversations about this that I couldn't wait to have you on to talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, we've talked about and it before. also, but I've had zero conversations with Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, is funny, right? Yeah, so it we'll is all so be funny. Right? I just, we've never had the opportunity to really, you know, dive into this aspect and, and this part of Pam's journey, which I'm so excited to hear. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know what, Tammy started off um, our last interview with this setup, which I really loved. And so mm-hmm. it's a little out of the blue, but so it's a little new, I guess. It's not what we talked okay. about, but I think it's such a great tee up for this because Tammy and I have been talking over the last little bit about when we were kids. And so Tammy, we're, we're doing these invocations and guided meditations that we're offering this year. Um, and when we were putting them together, it was so joyful and so playful and so freeing and just fun. I mean, it just felt like we were in our zone, right? We were like in our zone of genius and we both had kind of reflected on the fact that really 
we were not so much in our zone of genius. We were really tapping back into a zone of our childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, like little us when we were younger and what we would do when we just felt so free. And so I'm just kind of curious if you wanted to give us a quick little snapshot of little Pam and what did little Pam love to do? Oh my God. Playing in the woods and in the Creek, like constantly coming home with muddy shoes like day after day and having my mother blow a gasket because she's like, I just washed these, you know, and I'm like, I had to go in mom. Like it was mud. I had to go in. Yeah. Um, we moved a lot growing up. Like I moved a lot. I lived a lot of different places between like zero and, um, what 18 when I went to college and, um, somehow we were always close to the woods or we backed up to a Creek. And I guess that was just solace and uh, you know thankfully it was a place where you know um the the theme cropped up again and again of just like being outside and being in the woods getting mm. my feet muddy yeah I love that and yeah when so you think fun. about those those images or that experience um as grown-up Pam like what is mm-hmm. that what does that call up for you like what kind of sensations or memories or you know do you ever go back to that moment and bring it forward into your life now and what's that like I try yeah I mean I really it comes back as joy and it comes back as freedom and it comes back as liberation and um, things that you know things that I try to tap into every day I feel like it gets more complicated as we get older Mm -hmm. but um, I think there are good lessons to be had from playing in the creek Nature, mother nature, you know, mother nature. Yeah. So I'm pushing boundaries, to... testing yeah, my right? own mother, you know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so one of the things that I just wanted to throw out there um, for those listening and, you know, definitely want to dive into your background, but what I love about you and um, my first memory of meeting you, right. Um, was through your drums and, mm-hmm. and being yeah. a musician and, and singing, but then also being surprised that that's not something that you had always done or that you had always been. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. It was, for sure. it was a newer aspect of yourself that you were embracing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just remember that made such an impression on me. And um, because a lot of times, you know, like we talk about on this show, you know, at some point in your life, and and that's what I want to hear, like, when did you say to yourself, or you heard, right, Mm -hmm. from somewhere within yourself, that you wanted to learn how to play the drums? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess, I mean, music has always been important to me, listening to it, dissecting it, you know, has always, always been a part of my life. It was a part of like my earliest memories are of, you know, listening to my father in his office down the hall, you know, just like listening to jazz or folk music, like well into the night while he stayed up working. Um, I played guitar growing up, like starting from, I guess, about age 11 or 12. And I played until I went away to college and I left and I left the guitar at home and I never, I never really went back to it, sadly, but um, I pick it up once in a while, but I, I've lost everything I, I learned, but I, it was really when my, um, my kids were young and I was um, 
I was about to force them to take piano lessons like many parents do, you know, with the idea that music is important and music is math and it's good for the brain and it's good for the soul. Um, but I also had this sense that um, I needed to model something for them. Like, you know, they were going to have to practice and that's usually not ever really fun for, for kids, especially at the beginning when you don't have any skills at all. Um, and I thought about going back to the guitar so I could, start to um you know start playing again and show them that I was practicing but for some reason that really wasn't speaking to me and it was just it was just a moment I remember very distinctly being in a restaurant with my family and the girls were small and they were getting ready to start piano lessons and I heard a song you know over the PA in in the restaurant and I was like oh drums that could be <laughs> interesting so um yeah, I started out with just a snare drum and two sticks. And um, my daughter's piano teacher at the time was um, like a jazz and classical pianist and also um, a bass player, but he knew enough about drums to get me started. And yeah, it just took off from there. I spent I spent about six months on just a snare drum, like, you know, learning rudiments and learning marches before he said, okay, I think you're good to get a drum kit now <laughs> so um yeah and then I mean I, I spent years doing that um I actually did um recitals with my daughters which was kind of fun um being one of the few grown-ups um to be performing at a recital um I actually got to perform a song with my younger daughter uh one time she played a little march on the piano and I played it on the drums but it really wasn't until um, Becky and I connected over our, our band Lawless that I'd ever really played in a band mm. um, with, with more than one other person, you know, that I needed to accompany. So that was a whole like that, you know, that blows the universe wide open as a musician um, when you get the opportunity to do that. So but I idled for a long time, maybe mm. I don't know what year did we start lawless 2014 maybe it was 2014, like 14 yeah yeah maybe it was like eight years I just kind of idled and did duets and you know before I really had an opportunity and never imagined I'd play in a band either so I guess that was the other thing mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. I mean I love like the path in for you was sharing it and modeling it for your kids mm -hmm. yeah and um you know, it's just such a beautiful example of, you know, being open, but also figuring out what makes sense for you. Right. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I think anybody listening, it's like, you know, this is Pam's story, right? Somebody right. might be sitting out there going, yeah, I'd really like to pick up the guitar again, or I'd always wanted to take singing lessons, or maybe, you know, I want to learn how to play the drum, play the drum. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would um, argue it's, it's never too late. I mean, I have people ask late. me all the time. I never, you know, at, at a gig, they'll be like, oh, it's so cool that a woman plays drums. You know, I would, I would love to play the drums. And I'm like, go do it. Like, right. go, go do it. You can do, do it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go do it. Yeah. You totally can. So, and now your kids are much older, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One is graduated from college or they're both. One is graduated. One is graduated from college and one is a junior this year. Right. And mom so. is still playing the drums. 
Mom is still playing the drums. Yeah. And you're singing now. Yes. Mom is singing, which is. So tell us about that. So, so then it was never have thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us how playing the drums led to singing. Well, I guess, you know, even when we were in Lawless, Becky, we were always looking for like backing vocals and it took me Mm -hmm. a long time to warm up to that because I was just, I never imagined I would open my mouth and sing in front of anyone ever except my kids, you know, when they were little, I sang to them all the time, but um, I had no feedback as to actually how I sounded because kids are happy when you sing to them, no matter what, but <laughs> and it's um, their mom, right? Mom's their mom. How cool is that? <laughs> always a rock star. Yeah. So, um, but it was like, we had iterations of our band and when we pared down a little bit, there was more of an opportunity, actually more of a need for me to be able to launch another voice in. So I, um, yeah, I, I just over time got comfortable and um, especially during COVID, I guess mm. my, um, my, my bandmate in Palomino, who you both know, Tom O'Brien, we had, we kind of, you know, during COVID when everyone was isolated, we were sort of member of each other's pods and um so we were able to keep practicing during covid even if times it was us sitting on his front porch at opposite ends with our coats on you know and and we just started trying things you know it was like it was like a very just like sequestered safe environment and he'd say why don't you say two kids playing on the porch exactly or in the (laughs) creek yeah yeah um but yeah, he'd say, why don't you try this one? Why don't you try singing this one? And I'm, and I'd say, no, I can't do that. He's like, just, just try it, just try it, you know? And so then we, yeah. So then we just kind of progressed from that. And, and we came out of COVID. I came out of COVID with like a whole new comfort level with singing, just having had so much, you know, what, what do you call it? Like time in the seat, like mm-hmm. to, to kind of practice that during during COVID, during the pandemic, when we were all kind of locked down. And we also had, we had a number of opportunities, like, you know, sadly, you know, live music in indoor spaces, like really shut down a lot during COVID, but there were opportunities when the weather was warm for the two of us to perform outside, which was great. Um, So we, surprisingly, we played out a lot during COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in the spring, summer, nice fall you know months when music was still around music was sort of socially distanced but music people wanted to hear music yeah for sure yeah we definitely played at Kahlo a number of times oh during, yeah no for sure during COVID great. yeah beautiful and I went over to some of those porch concerts at uh, Tom's just yes. great yes. and yeah. um, you know the thing about it too is uh, one of the uh, women that we interviewed on this season's podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Not really sure what order of things are going to be aired, but um, it was the interview right before yours. But, you know, she talked a lot about getting into your own essence mm-hmm. and that's, and finding what brings you joy and what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you should be doing. Right. Right. And one of the things that I've observed with you now, um, even in like a packed bar at North star in our little community that we live in. Right. Um, 
you know, you are so totally in your essence when, when you're doing that, you're, you're joyful, you love it, your family's there, your friends are there. Um, And this is a different conversation for us on the show, because, you know, is it very woo woo, right? Would you consider yourself a very woo woo person? I don't know, maybe we should talk about that too. But I think that we are going to talk about that <laughs> because my, my, I'm not going to get that, away you know, without that. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the thing yeah. is like, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's just, Hey, I want to learn the drums or I want to sing. And you just honor that in yourself. Like, why is that right. coming up for me? I'm, right. I don't know, but I want to do it. So, um, I, I just, yeah. I love that aspect of, of your journey. Right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and you know, at the time I wasn't even really thinking about the why behind it today I would Mm -hmm. today I would but at the time it just you know I could look back and say wow that was some crazy like twist in the universe that made me you know be sitting at in a little cafe eating a Nutella crepe (laughs) that made me divine timing blaming the drums like but at the time it's just like huh oh okay drums all right maybe that's you know how hard would that be you know and Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's all in the timing I suppose and I think that's a good point about what you just said like the awareness of it you know now Mm -hmm. now you would have a little more awareness about what's happening and then it was just happening, right? And you weren't right. really aware and weren't that conscious of it. So on this season, we're really getting to everybody's stories and about yeah. really how are they really embodying their soul's expression in the world these days? And what's that mean to them? Um, and I think now you have where I've, I would have asked you that question when you picked up the drum, however many years ago, you would have been like, I don't think I don't this has anything to do with my soul's embodiment. But I'm curious, right? Right. Yeah. But I'm curious today. <laughs> how would you say what does your soul's embodiment look like right now when it's in action? What's that look like for you? Oh well, it, definitely drumming and singing. Like there's definitely um, there's definitely an element of creativity in my life mm-hmm. that I. Um, I don't know if I negated or I just assumed it, it wasn't really applying to me because I've never thought of myself as a creative. And so um, being able to kind of embrace that and say, okay, like this is, this is one of my great loves playing the drums and singing. Like it, it, it really is. And how did I go so long in my life without mm. having it? Um, mm-hmm. That is part of it. The other part really is, um, kind of this journey that I've been on that Becky, you and I have spoken about many, many times about, um, you know, um, getting to that period in my life where at the time I felt it was a little cliche, like, you know, I I was becoming an empty nester and I was feeling completely lost and unmoored. And I had this, like, I had this almost like homesickness. I kept feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh God, I'm so homesick. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm standing in my bedroom. Like, why, why am I homesick? I'm like right here in my house. I'm, and, and not understanding really what that was. And, and until I, I had a conversation with you and we talked about the idea of liminal space. And we talked about like, um, you know, Richard Wars falling upwards and like, you know, the two halves of life, you know, that are 
not just religious, but sort of, you know, like Jungian as well. Like the whole mm -hmm. idea that is that you spend most of your life, you spend half of your life building your vessel, you know, and, and that, that there's this whole second half that, um, where you fill it up. And I didn't know that was a thing. I had no idea that was a thing. And so it, it just gave a lot like, of people don't. A lot of, a people, lot of people don't, don't. Yeah. and especially women, you know, especially women. Yeah. yeah. And so that conversation, Becky, that you and I had with Jocelyn, but, um, you know, I ordered up Richard Rohr and I read it and it was like, oh, thank God, this is a thing. And I'm just, I'm just part of this thing. This thing happens to people. And so it was recognizing that it was a thing and that it was okay. And it was okay that I was banging around. Like I had right. no idea where I was going and that was okay that I was banging around. Cause it was a thing. It was a mm -hmm. thing. And, um, so I spent like, really, I would say a good couple years just sort of banging around and trying to figure out where I was being called and what I was being called to do. And, you know, I had conversations with, um, was someone who was sort of like a, a, a spiritual guide for me who, who I said, I have these five things that I could do and I just don't know which, which one to do. And, you know, it's, it's keeping me up at night. Which one do I do? I wake up and I'm like, what should I focus on? You know, is it which one? And he was like, why don't you just do them all? He's like, there's nothing to say you can't do them all. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I thought, well, okay. So I just, that opened up a little freedom for me to say, okay, I can dabble. I can dabble in all of this. Um, and I had some time um, last summer to kind of just be by myself and really think about it, do some reading, do some meditating, just do some real soul searching kind of off the grid. And um, I came out of it thinking, I just really want to learn more. Um, I, I, I should, I should probably touch on my health journey and mine of my, my mom and my family, um, because that really informs how I, how I ended up navigating kind of into this next spot. But, um, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, um, in 2008. So that's like 15 years ago, maybe a little more. And, um, just by accident, honestly, just by accident, even though looking back, I, I definitely had had symptoms of it um, mm. earlier in my life and big red flags um, that I might have had some sort of autoimmune issue. But, um, and I, I had, I had like an upper endoscopy. I was like checking the health of my esophagus and my gastroenterologist said, your esophagus is fine, but I, I think you might have celiac disease. I'm just seeing a lot of like degradation of your, your, your small intestine. And I was like, oh God, how can that be? Like, that would be such a drag. But <laughs> it was in fact true. And so, um, and she said, and by the way, you have to get your kids tested because it's really hereditary. So mm -hmm. I got my kids tested and unfortunately or fortunately one has it and one doesn't. So, but like the whole household kind of had to overhaul in terms of what we ate and, and, um, and uh, what our nutrition looked like. But what amazed me is that she wanted me to come back six to eight months later to recheck. And I stopped eating gluten completely. Like I wasn't messing around with it. And 
the second time I went back for the endoscopy, she said, your gut is completely healed. And she took blood work, you know, because there are these markers that are on if you have celiac disease. And she said, your markers are completely off. I would never know you had celiac disease. And she's like, congratulations, you've just healed yourself. Wow. And which was huge. Like, is for that me, normal? Like, is that normal for um, people who have celiac? Like if you just it, stop eating it, it, you heal yourself? Usually you do. I don't know that it happens that fast. I never anticipated that it would happen that fast. Um, some people still have problems, I think, even if, you know, even if they completely go off of gluten, some people unfortunately still do have issues. But for me, I was one of the lucky ones, but I completely turned it around. And I, you know, I noticed, I was like, wow, I actually feel a lot better. And my hair is growing in a little bit thicker. And it's just like, things are are better. I didn't realize I'd been kind of like run down by it. So um so for me, there was no going back. There's no like, okay, well, I'm going to cheat once a week or I'm going to, you know, I was, I knew I had to raise a daughter who was going to be, who was going to be, um, dedicated. Um, and she was, I think nine at the time, which was kind of a big, it's kind of a, you know, rough. It's like, okay, we're, you're going to a birthday party and I'm sending you with your own slice of gluten-free pizza or I'm sending you with your own cupcake. And it's a little bit easier now, you know, it's a little bit easier now, but at the time I was making a lot of stuff for her, but, um, so that was, that was lesson number one for me. Lesson number two was just a few years later when um, my mom um, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And um, her, um, her doctor at the time, um, who is now my functional medicine doctor, um, said, I-, I can give her the medication for Parkinson's. He's like, it's a little... Um, it's not always consistent. It's not easy to, you know, to get the right dosage. She's like, I'm going to give her that. He's like, but I want you to know, he's like, take this book, forget what it was called, how my brain works or why isn't my brain working? Take this book, read it. These are the supplements that you need for her to take to feed her mitochondria. This is the way she needs to eat for brain health. And, you know, he said, it's not just about taking a pill. Like you, you can really affect, you can really impact her health and the progression of this disease by what she eats and how she Mm -hmm. lives her life and supplementing, giving her good things for her brain. And so uh, that didn't actually go so well because, you know, she was in her mid eighties and she really did not want to have a lot to do with, you know, um, getting up at her chair and taking walks and, you know, she didn't want to eat healthy food. She wanted her comfort foods she decided after about a week that there were too many supplements that she had to take. But um, <laughs> so I can't say that, like, I can't say like, oh, it makes such a difference for her, but it like that book and that conversation and those supplements, like that was another door opening, mm. you know, mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then following on with that, my, my one daughter who has celiac disease, as it often happens, like the odd, there is like a, there are autoimmune, autoimmune diseases go hand in hand. So, you know, we've been dealing with Hashimoto's thyroiditis for her, which is a whole other, you know, it's rough for a, a young person to have it. I mean, she's a grown up now, but, um, you know, and, and it all comes down to, she has to take care of herself through uh, nutrition and lifestyle and getting enough sleep and managing stress in her life and making sure she's exercising the right way and taking supplementation and taking thyroid meds. So there's like a whole like, you know, 
you know, there's a whole, like, she has to manage her life in a way that I was not doing in my mm -hmm. early twenties. Um, but so we all, we, I learned a lot. I guess the whole thing is I learned a lot for myself, for my mom, for my daughter. And I learned how, you know, you know, I guess the message is there are some great doctors out there. I don't want to knock doctors. There are great doctors out there, but at the end of the day, your healthcare has to be in your own hands. Like mm -hmm. you have to be the one to take the power. You're the one who has to educate yourself because no one else will give you the full picture. They're not, they're not paid. They're not incentivized. They don't have time to give you the full picture. And so, um, you know, when I, I guess it was last, the end of last summer, I thought, you know what, I just want to learn a little bit more about nutrition. I just want to learn a little bit more about how the body works. And so I found this course that was actually recommended to me by a friend of mine who is a, um, a nutritionist um, at the Institute for um, Integrative Nutrition. I is a, a health coaching course, but it focused on, I started it off just really wanting to learn, you know, wanting to learn more about nutrition. I wanted to learn more about um kind of an, an integrative and holistic approach to health, which is what I've been kind of managing for me and for my family. Um, but as time went on, I got really inspired by the idea of health coaching about, you know, by being able to sort of give back and help people based on everything that I've been able to learn and glean over the years. So mm -hmm. I, um, I graduated in, um, in August after, you know, after a year long course, um, I immediately signed up for IIN was fabulous, but I felt that I wanted even more depth with like the, the functional systems of the body. So I signed up for another seven or eight month course from a place called the um, Functional Nutrition Alliance, which is called Full Body Systems, but it's systems of the body. So we started obviously with the digestive system where everything starts. Now we're into the immune system. We'll go into the endocrine system, the cardiovascular system, because I find that that's all really informing me as to um, how how I can help other people make decisions and 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 sort of um, embrace their optimal health and wellness. Yeah. So that was a long winded answer, but no, that's kind but of I how mean, I got from amazing. A to B. That's how I got <laughs> yeah. from A to B. So um, I love it. That's where I am now. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. You just recently launched Pam Hervey Wellness. Pamela Hervey Wellness. Yes. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. And I love how much. you say, I want to read something from your website. You said, I yeah. support individuals in understanding the interplay between their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Re recognizing that true wellness encompasses more than just the absence of illness. Yes. I thought that was yes. such a great line and, and such a so much of what we talk about here and being in balance, our, our last um, interview, she was talking about the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, the spiritual body, and how right. all those things have to work together. So from your perspective and your journey of, you know, you've had such an extensive health journey that really yeah. informed where you wanted to go kind of professionally. And then you've had a spiritual journey that has kind of, you've been walking along at the same time with that. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like the spiritual journey that you've been on? And then maybe we can like marry these, these things together of, of oh, how it's all yeah. coming together for you. Yeah. I mean, I would say that the spiritual journey enabled the end of this journey because mm -hmm. it really wasn't until 
I never would have had the idea, like I never would have like woken up and I be a health coach, you know, like I never, even, even in, even in, even in the trenches of like trying to manage for my daughter or for my mom or for myself, I wouldn't have thought of that until, until I went through that, um, you know, that the dark night of the soul where it's like, I don't, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm being called. And there's something, there's something real about that. There's something valid about that. And so, you know, when I came out of the other end of that realization, it probably took a couple of years. I mean, it took a couple of years of like, you know, um, just really thrashing around and trying to, um, and then also the accepting of, I don't know where I'm going, but I know something is coming. Like that, that was a huge yes. part of the process. Yes, it's just, yes, yes. you know, just accepting that you may not know where you're going, but just be patient, be patient because something's coming. And, and it, and it was really the, you know, starting the course at IIN and learning and getting really fired up and realizing that I could turn this around. I could really turn this around was like, it was like, you know, when that, that big light bulb went off that, but, but yeah, they both had to happen. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know what order they had to happen in. For me, it kind of, you know, the, the sort of actually makes sense for me that the whole sort of um, practical part had to happen first mm-hmm. before the, the spiritual part could happen, because I don't think for me, it would have happened the other way, just yeah. being me, you know, mm-hmm. um, the whole intellectual thing had to happen first. Yeah. Before I could surrender. It's, it's funny. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many different doorways in, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because I know you and I both do um, start from kind of that same intellectual stronghold where yeah. it's really hard. I mean, when we started Lawless, our band, which 2014, yeah. um, I, I think back at the Pam and Becky then, and I think about them looking at us right now and they would be like, what the hell are what? you two Who doing? Are you? Right. Who what are, are you? you talking about? Woo. Yeah. Like we were like anti <laughs> woo. I mean, we really yeah. just, we just were not in that world. And I can remember like, I think that you're right. I, I come from the same spot where it's like, if, if the yeah. intellectual somehow something has to come in to address the intellectual just enough to help me suspend it, to yeah. get, to help me get to the spiritual. And I remember we, we shared a couple of books, um, early days that I think were some of the first things that started to crack things for me, you know, the light between yeah. us, that Laura Lynn Jackson book. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, yes. That we set yeah. back and forth. Um, yeah. and then just even starting to do meditation, you know, I did the Oprah and uh, Deepak 30 day, okay. um, mm-hmm. 30 day challenges, but I love them because they would always do like a little teaching before the meditation. Right. And it was like just enough to get my intellectual hit that I needed. Yes. And also explanation of like, oh, this is why I'm going to sit and be quieter. This is how it's done. Even though there's yeah. no how it's done. I know that now it's like, yeah. Um, but that was my way in. So I, I, I think that it's, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out, that that was yes. your it kind totally was like before I started med- meditating, I had to be completely sold that there was research that said that this was good for my brain. That good thing there's, my there's, two there's a lot of good research out there. There's a lot of good research, <laughs> but the, the, the two sides of my brain are going to talk to better, talk to each other better. And that section in the, in the middle of my brain, I forget what it's called, is going to grow thicker. And it's just going to, it's going to, you know, 
whatever, longevity, health, vitality, whatever. I was like, okay, there's the research. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, I mean, plus now I know of all the benefits of it. Like I know the benefits, I mean, for my nervous system, I know the benefits for my spirituality. I know the benefits for my emotional regulation. I know all of that now, but at the beginning, I just really had to buy into the science. Yeah. yeah. So for yeah. people listening to your story right now, Pam, and you say in the beginning and then now, what sort of time frame are we talking about? Like when, when did you start? So you got the information that you needed to say, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. start meditating or I'm going to try this. Yeah. Um, was that five years ago? Was it last year? I would say that was probably like five years ago. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I, um, I'm trying to think it was definitely before the pandemic maybe it was like 2018 or 2019 you know maybe it was after my mom passed away it was just like it could have been in the middle of um sure all of that um and then but then again it, it was really as I went through the spiritual part of the journey which has been in the last like three years that mm-hmm. I started um you know approaching meditation differently and mm-hmm. like now it's you know now it's like a solace now it's like a salve, you know Same. and yeah. yeah and um yeah I mean there were a lot of moving parts definitely but as Becky said it was like it's the intellect was always leading mm-hmm. um or, or getting in the way right um <laughs> <laughs> as it often does yeah. So I'm cool. curious, do you, do you remember a, a point you may or may not, because I, I think sometimes this is so subtle, it's so easy to miss, but do you remember a point when it switched for you? Like when you were like, I'm just, I'm going to do this meditation thing because the science has told me. And, and so like, that's kind of a different posture to approach meditation. Yeah. yeah versus what you said now, right? You said now it's a salve, it's a balm. And yeah. so like, that is a shift. Do you, do you, can you recall, like, was there a, a particular type of meditation or was it? Yeah. Just... Well, actually I've tried so many, God, tried so many, as I'm sure we all have, you know, tried so many types. Like I, um, I did, um, was it on, on mind Valley? I did like a course by like Emily Fletcher and her meditation, which I found, helpful because it was organized, you know, and there was a very, there was a structure to it. I did TM, I did transcendental meditation, but for some reason, I just can't, like, I just, it just wasn't, the mantra wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Just like the mantra, repeating the mantra or, or my word or whatever. It just wasn't really working for me. Um, I tried another couple meditation course, not courses, but like, just, you know, just like on YouTube. And I, you know, I, I tried just different types of meditation, but what really, what really hit home with me was, um, Vipassana meditation, which I started, uh, in the summer of 23, which has, and again, on, on YouTube, I found a bunch of, you know, videos or audio files on YouTube and it was just, you know, basically bringing it coming back to um the breath and you know whenever your your mind is wandering you label it like it's a thought it's an emotion it's a sound whatever it is that you, you know comes into your what comes into your you know into your area of presence so acknowledge it dismiss it and come back to the mm-hmm. breath and, and there's also like a body scanning portion of that which um 
is also helpful. But for me, it's and then and then the little gong goes, the little bell goes every five minutes. So you know, if you if you've kind of lost yourself, you know, in in the minutia or in the weeds, and you've forgotten to come back to the breast, there's the little thing that brings you back. And somehow that just seems to work for me because it's got enough structure but enough freedom. And um, you know, I guess I meditate that way. And then also, if there are questions or things that I, you know, things I just want to like go deep for, like a, a any sort of prompt to, um, you know, ask myself a question in the morning, something that's been bothering me, something that I've been thinking about to go into a meditation with that. Like that's also mm -hmm. helpful. Totally. Um, yeah. And then journaling about it when you come out of it. Um, but yeah, I like Vipassana. I, it's just really, it's, um, there's one guy on, on, on YouTube, his voice is very soothing too. Um, <laughs> in the guided one he does a guided one that's like very short it's like 15 minutes and then there's like a 30 45 60 minutes which is basically just the bell coming back to you every mm -hmm. five yeah. minutes until the end but nice but that's just me yeah, yeah. i hadn't yeah, heard of a think... i that's yeah. new to me yeah um i think you know again it's whatever works right whatever that entry in yeah. for you um but, you know, you touched on the thing that I think is so powerful um, is our breath. And yeah. if anybody takes anything away from this episode, it's just get back to your breath. Get back to don't the don't yeah. even think like, oh, I've got it. Like, what do I explore or how do I do this? Just breathe. Really? Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, meditation, I think is, for, I guess, letting go of expectations was also big for me that you know, you can't, you can't go, you know, sometimes there are things that I want to meditate on, but I think, I, I think for me, I can't go into a meditation saying, God, this is a problem I need to solve. Cause then you're just thinking, you know, yeah. then you're just thinking. So let, let all that go. And it's hard to let go. It's yeah. really hard to let go. It is. And, and so also tying that whole idea of it's hard to let go. It's also hard not to know. Right. So like, I want to oh, go back but, to the yeah. part of your story where you said <laughs> you went through the dark night of the soul. Yeah. That was like a two or three year long experience. Yeah. I think that's also something that is so important to talk about because yes. it's a real phase yeah. in anyone's personal journey. When you are going deep into interior work, it's going yeah. to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen. Like you're, you're gonna yeah. dip down because you have to. Yeah. And it's hard and it's scary. And it feels like, at least for me, I'll say that I felt like when I went through that phase of my own journey, I worried, I was so scared that I was doing something wrong or detrimental to my life, to the people yes. around me, to my family. What in the world was this going to look like on the other side if I went into this darkness, right? Right. Um, and I don't mean darkness, like depression. I don't want to say, yeah, I don't mean. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, can you put some color on your experience for us and, and how you felt kind of approaching it, going into it and how you made yourself, how you made your way through it? Yeah. Um, well, again, it, it, you know, again, it felt for me, it felt like, um, a real longing and a real, and I keep coming back to homesickness, you know, because it was like, you know, now I look back, I was homesick. I was homesick for me. I was looking yeah. for, you know, I was looking for, 
for my soul. I was looking to return to that. And um, so it was, I, it was a, it was a great feeling of unease. Like it was, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable at all. And, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's, it wasn't like a, you know, a darkness, like depression. Like, you know, I was going through like the routines of my life. I was raising kids. I was cooking meals. I was playing in a band, you know, all of that, but like underneath deep down, you know, I was like, there's something is not quite right. You know, something is not like something's missing. Something mm -hmm. is, I, you know, I just didn't even really know how to articulate it. And, um, but I can't stress the importance of once I learned that it was a thing, it became livable. And again, that comes back to the intellect, I suppose, I suppose. But, but once I learned that this is what people go through in life, especially women, especially mm -hmm. women who have put anything on hold. And most of us are, even if we're you know, like working a full-time job or doing everything we can, you know, like running on eight or 16 cylinders, women put stuff aside to raise children. Yeah. Period. Period. And so to realize that, you know what, I feel this discomfort, but it's okay. And I, I guess it was having to live with the uncertainty, which I don't do really well with. It's not something, you know, it's not in my nature to feel comfortable with uncertainty. So living with uncertainty, and that's where meditation came in. Cause I was looking for a way to, to just like hold space for that discomfort really. And um, find a way to live with it. But knowing that I keep coming back to like, it was a thing knowing that it was okay that I was feeling this way and that it was part of the process, you know, was that little end of light at the tunnel. And I really yeah. felt like I can, I can idle here for as long as the universe wants me to, because I know that there's something coming out the other end for me. Um, and so, yeah, so I went through that. I mean, I would say the worst part was before I, before I realized that, that this is, this is a process in life, this going from the first to the second half and, you know, what that means in sort in terms of, um, coming back to yourself. I don't want to say reinventing yourself because you're really just finding yourself. You're not reinventing yourself. Um, so that was the most difficult part, but then it was just learning to live with it um, with the knowledge that, you know, giving myself the certainty that something, something was going to reveal itself to me mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Being able to, to have a context around something is always so helpful. I mean, yeah. at least that's like a little bit of knowing, right? It is a little bit of knowing. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a little, like, it's like not, a little cheat I'm code. The, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Like that's always helpful. Right. And that's the whole point, right? Like that's the whole point of having these conversations is for us to be able to say to each other, oh, I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. I've been through that. Or I, I'm, yeah. somebody might be hearing this and saying for the first time, like, oh, wait, that's exactly how I'm feeling. And you're telling me it's right. okay that that's how I'm feeling and, yeah. and having tools to, to pull through. You had mentioned several times that meditation was a big tool that helped you kind yeah. of navigate through that space. Are there other modalities that you leaned on or was that your primary? Um, 
You know, I would say reading, doing a lot of reading about the subject, you know, like Mm -hmm. going on from Richard Rohr, you know, um, like the soul's code, like just looking, you know, just trying to understand that there, you know, that, you know, and anything that was written about the process, about being in this part of life, you know, um, the Sue Monk Kid book that we read. Um, yes, When the Heart Waits. Uh, when the Heart Waits. Yeah. So that was also helpful, just like that education process yeah. is to sort of really dive into that. Um, and, um, you know, any sort of like spiritual books that would grab my fancy. And I also, I, I, nav- I kind of gravitated toward anything that said like, anything talked about, like, are you looking for your soul's purpose? You know, it's like, yes, I am, you know, so I went after anything that, you know, anything that like advertised or, or, you know, had a tagline that said anything about finding your, your true purpose, like I went for it. So, um, so it it was, again, like self-education, meditation, like music is meditative for me as Mm -hmm. well. Mm You know being outside in nature is meditative um yeah connecting those... you back to what your child knew exactly right? connecting Little you back to my muddy shoes in the creek yeah uh-huh. so yeah all of those so powerful i mean just listening to you talk and um hear you and becky share um what was bubbling up for you around this time and Mm -hmm. the resources that you tapped into just so beautiful. And I just keep hearing over and over again in my head, like, just go back to basics. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're overwhelmed when, when everything feels complicated, when, you know, we may have so much coming at us. It's just breathe and go back Mm -hmm. to basics. Right. Yeah. And just bring yourself, bring yourself to the moment. That was the other thing I, Mm. you know, like, that's the other thing I learned is just like living, like, um, you know, the idea that nothing is permanent, nothing is permanent. And like, even in, you know, like the analogy of the ocean and like, you can either be bounced around on the top or you can be down at the bottom and you can be in the same ocean, but your experience is different like you're you're within that calm and equanimity um while the turbulence is still going on up Mm. above so like just embracing um just really trying to live in the moment Mm. accepting each moment like some are good some are bad some are painful some are happy um none of them are are permanent um Mm. and and you know to look at, I guess, to, to let, letting go of a, trying to grasp at something, I mm. guess that's when you get something is when you try, when you stop trying to grasp <laughs> for it, it will just come to you. Um, yeah. Counterintuitive, a, right? But that's, counterintuitive. A big, that's a big change from first to second. Like the first yes. is like grab, 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 get, 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 make it happen. Chase, make it happen. Chase your dreams. Chase yeah. your dreams. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. be still and let it come to you, you know, and it's right. not like you're doing nothing, but you're just you're just getting out of your own way in, right. in, yes. in a sense. Yeah. You're allowing, yeah. you're allowing, you're so allowing in your health practice now in your health coaching practice yep. practice and your wellness practice where you're really bringing together all of these various um, life experiences that you've yeah. had that make you, that really are, are represent the whole of, of a person yes. and their wellness altogether. Um, you, your tagline is live life in rhythm. Yes. Did I get that right? That's, you did. I love yeah, that. That's, that's like, that's a nod to, uh, 
to being a drummer. Find your rhythm. Absolutely. Because everybody's got one and they're all different. Yeah. But how beautiful that by your journey and your personal experience of finding your own rhythm, which of Mm -hmm. course, yes, includes you being a drummer, but also honoring all parts of yourself, right? And then to then incorporate that into what you want to bring to the world now and how you want to help other people. I mean, that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful in the fact that um, this is you on the other side. This is who you are, right? And look at these parts that you're bringing into your world. And you're not saying, well, I'm going to be a health coach now. No more drumming for me. Right. <laughs> well, they that all was fun together. while it lasted. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So, yeah. And, and, you know, we kind of, if you've been on this soul seeking journey too, it's like, you know, you hear expressions like leave what no longer serves you. And I'm sure that there are things in that pile for you, yeah. but look how beautiful that, you know, the drumming, the singing, your creative soul and your practical soul and intelligence and how you looked at um, how does Pam want to show up in the world combines all of those things that bring you joy. Right. Right. And so that's, that's what I love about where you landed and why I think it's such an inspirational uh, story. And um, I'm just so happy that we're sharing it and that you agreed to share it because you know, that is everything that you just said is probably going to help so many people that are listening to it, whether it's one part, whether it's this nugget or that nugget. Um, And it's just really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you guys so much for having me. Tammy, you just hit on something that big lesson for me. It's okay to feel joy. You should feel joy. Yes. We're we're on this planet to feel joy because when we feel joy, we are fueled to be of service in, in whatever way it is that we're called to. Like, that's an important one as well. It's okay to feel joy. It is okay to feel joy. Because yeah. again, as women, we are often like, that's often like negated for us. That's or, right. you know, it's just, it's just really, it, it, or I don't want to say discouraged, but it's often put, you know, I'll feel joy once I take care of my kids. That's or right. I'll feel joy once I once I take care of all these duties that I have. But or hello, okay. I'm doing all of these things. Why don't I feel joy? Why don't right. I feel joy? Right. Maybe it's the wrong things. Maybe you have to take a step back and look at that. But it's not only okay; it's imperative for you to feel joy. Yeah. Because then you will sister. then you will then you will spread joy. Amen. Yeah. Then you spread yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that is because really... Becky because <laughs> because <laughs> her joy. Is your joy, your joy, is my is joy, my joy, is their is joy, joy. That's that is from our joy invocation. This is our new mantra. Okay. Oh, yes. nice. Okay. Yes. So this is something that Tammy and I have that was talking about that we've we've been pulling together these invocations and guided yes. meditations. The first one is on joy, and it's the one. That's on our website for free. So anyone can download yeah. that. So I think it's, we did not tee you up to say that about like the joy, oh, like that you did not organic. I will vouch for that, but yeah, it's but it's so true it's yeah. to recognize and, and to be able to um, recognize that in each other and honor that in each other. 
Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, and this is is like a good little maybe bow to kind of wrap everything up mm -hmm. is that I, I think that your journey is so relatable to so many people because you have the practical side of, you know, I had to suspend my mind. I have like my family. I'm trying to figure out what my what I'm being called toward professionally or otherwise, just to what yeah. I'm offering in the world, hand in hand with the spiritual journey and where you have landed now, kind of, as Tammy just pointed out, like bringing all the parts together right. after having yeah. gone through the really hard and dark work of, of unearthing stuff and getting things out of your way that were standing in the way. So your tagline, live life in rhythm, mm -hmm. I would like to know how you feel like your life is in rhythm right now. Mm. What, oh, what is your yes. rhythm? My rhythm right now is a knowing, I guess. And in the last however many years of uncertainty, there is a certainty. Like some somewhere like a few months in to my um to my course at IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, somewhere a few months in when I considered the prospect of health coaching versus just educating myself, like something really like it, it just like resoundingly like funk. It just grounded me. And I thought, this is it. I've been waiting for this, mm. waiting for this knowing. And um, yeah, so for, for me being in rhythm now is, is, is being able to do something that just is so meaningful to me. Mm. And the idea that I can actually help people through something that I have may, may have been through or something similar or, you know, face the same issues or, um, you know, get some through the, get through some of the darkness themselves. Um, Wonderful. It's so, definitely how I feel in rhythm. Yeah. So that's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So tell the good people uh, a little bit about your, your practice, where they can find you and uh, yes, you can find me. Um, uh, my website is PamelaHerveyWellness.com. Um, and that's H-E-R-V-E-Y. It's like Harvey, but with an extra E. Um, on Instagram, at Pamela Hervey Wellness. Um, and um, on LinkedIn as well, um, at Pamela, Pamela Hervey. Um, you can find all sorts of information. You can reach out to me that way. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, I do, I do a, um, a weekly mailing on wellness Wednesday, just, um, information on health and wellness and tips. And, um, just, I, I just, there's so much information that I want to share. There's so much information that I want to be able to give, um, the world, especially women, I think, especially moms, I think, um, just, just because we're, we're all moms, we've all, we've all been through this together, but um, there's so much information that I want to be able to share to empower everyone to live their, their, their healthiest and wellest life. Love it. Yep. So good. Thanks so, so much for joining us today, Pam. Thank you for having me. Thank you so Thanks, much for having Pam. me. Sharing good your to talk to you guys. Of course. All right, that's it for today's episode of Woo Woo in the Real World. We'll see you out there on the other side. All right, bye-bye.